0: Hey everybody welcome to 15 minutes a podcast about fame that isn't always about fame and is pretty much never 15 minutes long my name is jamie and i will be your host for this episode which is episode 70. my guest today is todd barry todd barry is a comedian you either know him or you don't i've wanted to talk to todd for a few years now and I found the excuse to ask after listening to his book, Thank You for Coming to Hattiesburg One Comedian's Tour of Not Quite the Biggest Cities in the World, uh, which I really enjoyed and recommend, and which he reads. I always love an author reading their own book in his inimitable style. If you know him, you know what I'm talking about. In his stand up, Todd Barry often refers to his fame, celebrities, in a tongue in cheek, but knowing way that I've, I've always appreciated. And the book is, is filled with wonderful examples of this. And I'm going to read you a few. Now you may be thinking, Jamie, why are you going to read us a few examples of Todd Barry talking about fame when you're about to talk to him about fame? Well, after I read you these, I will tell you why I've read them to you. First of all, the book starts, Hello, it's Todd Barry. And no, I am I can't possibly try to imitate Todd's wonderful tone and attitude, so I'm going to just read it Jamie-like. Hello, it's Todd Barry. Yes, the massively famous comedian. So right off the bat, I was excited, and I was like, I'm going to get up the gumption and ask Todd after this, uh, after reading, listening to this book. In the book, he goes on to talk about his... Friendship and interactions with famous people he runs into in airports, like Geraldo Rivera, with uh, Metallica drummer Lars Ulrich, uh, about whom he writes I'm not a huge fan of heavy metal, but I am a colossal fan of meeting famous people. No one is more starstruck than a celebrity. When you see some celeb hanging out with another celebrity and you wonder what they have in common, it's mainly that they're just celebrities. So again, you can see my, my excitement building as I listened. He talked about the size of audiences he likes to have, and I always love to talk to people about that. He writes, My comedian friend Andy Kindler once said something I related to. Give me a nice half-full room. I think part of the reason I'm not a huge star is that playing a hundred-seater sounds great to me, and you get that half-full looseness even when it's full. He also writes about his friendship with the band Guar and his confusion at their desire to perform anonymously in costume. They were really good musicians and their show was nuts. But as a performer, all I could think was, you go through all the trouble to tour and you perform anonymously? Like, you're public and anonymous at the same time? Don't you want, need people coming up to you after the show and saying great job? I felt so needy. So yeah, when I emailed Todd and he, to my surprise, because I, I, I felt entitled to ask him, but I also, and I recommend this to everyone, feel free to call in the friend of a friend card if you want to do something every now and then. Just be prepared to, if they say no or if they don't reply to you at all, that's okay too. And they are bombarded with requests. But go for it. It's part of the price of fame learning how to say no to things you don't want to do, in my opinion. <laughs> anyway, so I emailed. I said, hey, I'm friend of friend. We've met at friend of friend's wedding and et cetera, et cetera. I do this podcast about fame. You want to be on it? And to my surprise, he pretty quickly wrote back and said, sure, yeah, I'll do that. And so we spent a, a few weeks setting it up. And of course, in that interim, I did my usual deep immersion in anyone who's going to be on the show. And the more I listened, the more I heard him uh, write and 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 talk and and do bits uh, and do crowd work that related to my topic. And so I I was very excited to talk to him about it. But Comedians are a, are a funny bunch. Amazingly, no pun intended there. They make very intimate work in which they often present themselves as someone who you can think of as a friend. But they are very often also out, off stage, very reticent, shy people. And the way they communicate with the world is by preparing these things to say on stage to people. Doesn't mean they want to chat about it. So it's one thing if when I listen to Todd write a finely crafted joke or a finely crafted book or on his own podcast where he is in control, talk to someone about fame and famousness and celebrity and the various pitfalls of that. It's another thing for someone like Todd who has repeatedly said, heard him say he doesn't like to go on podcasts. He he seems to have a firm sense of himself and the control he likes to have over things to, and he also, you know, this is a touchy feely, you know, podcast about how we feel about fame might not be his thing. Did I think that much about all of that before I talked to him? Well, a little bit, but I was confident (laughs) that I could get him. And that confidence, it turns out was not well-founded and Very early on in our conversation, it became very clear that I just, I wasn't getting him to interact on the topic to open up about his feelings about fame, which, again, not a knock on him. That's fair. So yes, dear listeners, for my own sake and yours, whether you believe it or not, I have edited out some very terse responses to some questions about fame I tried to get us rolling with at the beginning before realizing it really just... Maybe it was just I just didn't didn't have the right hook, or maybe I just got a little nervous and choked and uh this podcast is a learning experience If I had grown larger cajones and stuck with it, maybe Todd would have stuck with me on the topic. If you'd like to listen to Todd Barry, talk about his relationship with fame and famous people and loving celebrities and uh mock and praise himself wonderfully then check out his work if you'd like to conversely hear him chat with me about kittens and our middle-aged spreading bellies and yes his relationship with Charlize theron then please listen in to this conversation with todd barry not about fame thanks
1: hello hey jamie
0: this is todd barry hey todd boy that's loud i'm just turning you down a little here and we are live yeah. fyi okay um you mean live like recording okay <laughs> not live that's, on the air it's the opposite no, of live no. yes it is you're right you and i are now the, you know what i mean the mic is hot yeah today. i know what you mean um yeah. uh can i do
1: speakerphone will that work you think i let's give
0: it a try it might make for a different effect than usual how's that that's fine uh it sounds about the same and my goal is for you to be the most comfortable that you can be instead of holding the phone
1: okay that sounds good
0: i listened to the book recently which as you may recall starts off with something that made it irresistible for me to contact you which was hello it's todd barry yes the massively famous comedian right and if there's anyone who i listen to or watch or talk to or read who is more there's no one who's been more who talks more about fame and celebrity than you of anyone i've thought of talking to okay most people avoid it like the plague and so i thought i'd talk to you about it
1: all right let's do it all right
0: uh thoughts off the bat about the topic
1: about fame yeah oh um i mean i'm not terribly famous so i mean i can only speak from my perspective
0: well that's uh, that is the goal i talk to like everyone from friends and neighbors to david tedaris so some people are completely yeah. unknown
1: he's got a good kind of fame david tedaris that he,
0: to me he's the perfect sweet spot of fame
1: right because he could probably he can walk, walk down, down the street, the street but he also probably does get recognized and then he goes and does a reading and 4,000 people show up. So
0: it's funny. I think we were both going to the walk down the street thing because I I feel that's super important in life. Yeah. Especially
1: New York, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I refer way too often, sorry, listeners to a New Yorker profile of Barack Obama in which he cites as one of his major you know, like, things he'll miss is that he will never be able to walk down the street or walk into. I think he wrote like a coffee shop and get a piece of pie.
1: Right. Yeah. Again. That's uh, it's a whole different world.
0: Yeah. 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 I, I guess you're about in that spot too. And when I've hung out with our mutual friend, Eugene, his voice yeah. is so distinctive. He gets recognized by sound.
1: I've had that happen a couple of times.
0: And yeah. And he also looks just like his character. Which is, I suppose, more and more problematic, right? Um, but generally, it's not an issue. Um,
1: uh, what walking down the street? Yeah,
0: I, I mean, in his life, but how about in yours?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, the way I would describe my level of low level of fame is that if I went for a walk right now for three hours and no one said anything to me, it would surprise me. But if two people said something to me that wouldn't that would also not surprise me. So whatever you can call that.
0: And and either of those things are sound like a very comfortable.
1: Yeah, I don't walk around going, I can't believe no one recognized me. I've been walking around for
0: two <laughs> yeah. hours. Like the, um, the, the the Geraldo Rivera tweet story.
1: Oh yeah, yeah.
0: Another thing that interested me compared to other people is that about you is that you, pretty much what you do i i often say to people the podcast ended has ended up being really more about people who make shit and why we need to have the shit we made be seen or heard by other people Uh uh-huh and if you're a producer or a writer or a even a voice artist you don't have to be seen but you your whole career is is about you on stage right and you also talked about how you like having the lights uh, you know, somewhat up the house lights. And in seeing you, I could see that you like to connect with an audience.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, I think it's just the way I connect. Like I know plenty of performers who like it pitch black and not see one. I just feel disoriented if I do that. And I like to see a smile or two. So
0: do you think though, that you, would you make stuff if you didn't have an audience in front of you? Would you find some other way to make stuff?
1: I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know who, what would be an example of making stuff without having an audience, it's like privately painted, painting in your garage or something. Well,
0: writers who write for years without first until until they get a, a uh, an audience, or writing to produce something, you know, writing a script that you're not going to be out there doing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I still do some of that. I mean, I try to write scripts and. Yeah, so I, I I understand that on some level. I I don't assume everything I create is going to have an audience.
0: It's, what's interesting is you mess around with people about the topic a lot.
1: Yeah, I mean I tongue in cheek kind of talk about it. Yeah.
0: So I mean it's 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 kind of like it's you're you're uh, unempowering it, but it must you know it, it means something. And and if comics are competitive about anything, it's about fame.
1: I mean I don't I'm try not to be competitive because I feel like there's room for everyone who wants to do something and there's no one knocking me off of any show necessarily. I mean, they're there on a Wednesday, then I can be there on a Thursday or something. So I I try not to get caught up in, you know, I, I can certainly have, I have it in me to shit talk if I'm with close friends, but I don't, I don't, I don't spend too much time just going. Why is, did that person get that? And
0: no, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not suggesting you do. Yeah, um, but the fact that you mess around about it, it's like it's it's an unspoken topic that most people avoid, like the plague. Because I've just been listening since the reboot to all the episodes, which I've been really and really enjoying uh, of the podcast. Okay, thank you. When I when I listened before you shut it down, I would only listen when people are on who I know. I never really got into the groove of it. And this time I've just been, I like it better when you talk to people. I don't know. I don't know in almost any of the comics.
1: Yeah. I've had a lot of, uh, a lot of people say that to me that they like listening to the people that they hadn't heard of. And I'm, I'm kind of, I'm always flattered that people will do that because I don't know that necessarily do that, but.
0: Yeah, because in the past I would listen to you and to Maren and to Michael Ian Black, but only when there was someone who I was fundamentally interested. And in. this time I've learned so much and I like it so much when it's people who you know at least a little, uh, because you you know, you're a little more playful with them. Like Ted Allen might be the most interesting person to people out in the world who you've had recently. But to me, I've never heard of Alice Wetterland, and I really enjoyed her and Oh, what's his name? The loud Canadian. Nathan McIntosh? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Terrific. Matteo Lane. They are really good. Hey everybody, listen to Todd's podcast. Um uh and Alice Wetterland's advice to you cuz you're having you're, you have a kitten, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, she's on a perch right now. I was I was going to warn you that she might interrupt, but I think she's she's in a little mellow, so we're good.
0: Sometimes my dogs join the podcast. That's totally fine. How old is she? She's
1: about to turn one. I mean, she might technically be one. I don't think that the birth date they gave me at the ASPCA was necessarily accurate. But right.
0: How old was she when you, was she little?
1: She was two months old when I got her, oh. yeah. What's her name? Her name's Michaeline, which was the name she had. And I kept it because I thought it was kind of cool and I'd never heard it before. Nice. And it wasn't too like a pet name, you know? Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I have two dogs and a cat and one of the dogs came with the name Mario, so he's still Mario. Yeah, that's a good name. But her advice is—is is she calming down at all?
1: Oh, was too. Yeah, I forgot whether she gave me that advice on or off the air. with to play with it for fifteen minutes a day? Yeah, yeah. I she—I don't know. If she, I don't know. I've got some calming treats that a vet, a vet recommended. I think they help. Um, and I do try to run her around as much <laughs> as possible. But she gets—I mean, she gets bored. Yeah, and she just things that. Ex- you know, toys that excited her, she gets bored with, and you just keep buying new ones. And yeah, sometimes she just rejects them right away. And it's uh, you know, but you know, it's just she's a cat.
0: Well, besides the play with her fifteen minutes a day, I don't know if you're prepared for the commitment. But a boy cat of any age, because yes, the girl, I know, but getting a boy because yeah. the girls are the alphas. Get a boy to wear her out
1: oh to yeah, run around. yeah i mean i sometimes worry that she's lonely when i go away yeah but i don't i also it's already pretty stressful having a young cat so now i'm wondering whether i would just uh double the stress i, I
0: mean yeah uh, yeah my two cents is it, it would it would it would half it would cut the stress in half
1: yeah, I might. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll, I will get her one of these wheels that are like big uh, <laughs> hamster wheels for a cat.
0: <laughs> I haven't seen those.
1: Yeah, yeah, and um, I think it's thing like either they take to it or they don't take to it. But it's pretty hilarious, and th- that would definitely wear her out. And I do the, I do the laser pointer with a, oh yeah, you know. But I do it where there's a reward at the end, so she doesn't just. I'm just not teasing a cat.
0: You're a good dad.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's clear that you love her every time you mentioned her. The other day, I fell into a rabbit hole of cat purr ASMR on YouTube. Oh, really? You can just listen to cats purring for like, you know, hours. You could go to sleep to cat purr.
1: That's an interesting idea, but I'm sure, uh, yeah, everything, I feel like every possibility of thing that they could put on YouTube is, is, is on there and there.
0: I have a question about the book because I, I really, really – of of all the performer or comic book bu- books I've ever read, I listen to actually, uh, it, it's great. It has no filler. It's so much fun, and I,
1: I hope you do another one. Yeah. Oh, well, if they let me, I might do another one. I don't
0: – I do have a couple of questions, though. Okay. What is it about doors that open from the inside in hotel rooms?
1: Oh. Um, oh open out. I just – I mean, I, I will stay it. At- it just seems very, it just seems very vulnerable and it just feels like anyone could just whack on your door, but they mean, and it also means you're staying in a motel, which I, oh,
0: that's true.
1: I will say it. There are like sort of hipster, hipsterized motels, There's sometimes you're just in a place where you really don't have a whole lot of choice. So you, there's not like a boutique hotel in, in Rock Springs, Wyoming or something. So you like a extended stay, but yeah, I mean it doesn't happen very often, and also now that I – it's not like someone – it's not very often that someone's going, hey, do you want to stay at this rinky-dink motel, or this is where we're putting you? Because I would just go, no, you're, you're not putting me. Up.
0: I did not think about that. The motels always open out. The other hotel thing that is a pet peeve of mine as well is every major chain pretty much, why are there no hand towel racks?
1: Uh, that's a good point. That's a good one.
0: I don't understand it.
1: Yeah, you end up I end up draping it over like the top of the shower. That's a good point. I've noticed that.
0: Yeah, I, I'm I'm mentioning it because you mentioned it somewhere. I just don't get it.
1: Yeah, because there's like they give you enough towels. That's not the issue. And it's just like yeah, where am I? <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of things with like newer hotels where I can't figure out how to turn the lights on. Yeah, the phone. Like I like to unplug the phone, and I sometimes literally can't unplug it. But these are big, big problems that I have. Um, no, they're not big at all. Huge,
0: the firstest of worlds. <laughs> you would, th- I would think, uh, most standups would would be kind of psyched to podcast solo. And I mentioned, I remember you talking to Johnny Pemberton or somebody about not. You just can't do it.
1: To podcast solo, yeah. Oh, you mean, oh, I you mean, like with no gas, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because as you might. Pick up on I'm not a verbose dude necessarily and I'm just I've never been a ranter. I mean I can get fired up about something if I'm chatting with someone I know or whatever, but I the idea of just me talking for an hour every week, I can't do it or a half hour. But I mean there's people who are obviously like someone like Bill Burr is good at it. yeah. Hours. Yeah.
0: I feel like I am a ranter, but I get so disgusted with myself as I start to rant. There are some times in the past few years, like now that I've gotten to year three of this, I do. I will maybe do five to 10 minutes at the beginning of whatever's on my mind. But it often really, I have, my wife has to, to clear that I'm not awful because
1: I hate it immediately. Do you run that by or you run the first five by? Oh, I do. I do, yeah. And you always do it from your home, this podcast?
0: I have never done it in a studio. I've done it on location in you know various places. Uh, are you a ma- this now? I am, Western Mass. And I've done it, you know, I've gone down to the city and recorded friends in their
1: homes. Yeah. But
0: I really like the phone.
1: You like the phone, really?
0: I like the phone because people who aren't used to, like writers, people who aren't used to having a microphone in their face, are much more comfortable talking when they're on the phone. And because this is two tracks. So if we over talk, if I say, hey, let me pause for a minute and see what I've forgotten to ask you, I can do that. I, I get to edit it. Right. And I always tell guests that anything, if they want to, don't want in there, you know, I'll take it out. Um, It's only happened
1: once. Right. Yeah, I, I have the same. I generally tell them that then also.
0: <laughs> Two Instagram questions. One is tell me a little bit about your recent uh, repost of a younger you talking to Charlize Theron.
1: I did a benefit. Patton Oswalt was scheduled to do a benefit that she was putting on, I don't know, maybe six years ago, maybe, maybe longer than that. And he couldn't do it. So he suggested me and I did it. And it was, you know, his benefits are not always easy, but there was tons of celebrities in the crowd. And, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like, I also kind of chickened out. I also kind of choked and didn't, I was afraid to do my material. And I kind of just, with them and she was sort of sitting at the table nearby yelling and shit so um because she just had i guess that comfort of her this is my benefit and so i did that benefit i don't you know i don't know if she thought i did well or anything but then i guess some of the people who work for i kind of became friendly with and sometime after that they invited me to like a dior launch or something (laughs) which is not something i'm getting invited to a lot and i i was i went to it and she was there and then i just you know, someone took a picture that was, you know, Getty images type people um, taking pictures. And this, they took this picture of me where I'm just like, I just look like Putty in her hands. She's like looking down at me and, and I'm just gushing.
0: Cause she's, it's, it's so, it's just so cute.
1: <laughs> I mean, she's like otherworldly, beautiful. Friend. Right. And like eight feet tall. Yeah, very tall. Yeah. And just like stunningly beautiful yeah. and so i was a little gushy around her and then <laughs> and then i just uh i i I, for, I just not posted the picture ever and then i remember i saw something about her uh saying she's super she's very single and someone a guy should just grow a pair and ask her out so i just tweeted it out with like well i was pretty smooth the last time i saw her mm-hmm. sort of, but um yeah that was a good one
0: yeah i had seen that quote somewhere too and I, I, I kind of felt like there was some. It's rich with begging for responses. What I usually do before I talk to someone I don't uh, know personally uh, is I kind of go into this immersion for a week and all their stuff. And I've, I, I've had a great time doing it, but all I, I'm hungry all the time because <laughs> you talk about food a lot, and it's all like a soft ginger cookie. Yeah, it's yeah. all I'm down like. Uh, it, Ninety percent with everything you eat. It's been hard.
1: Yeah, I don't have um, the most wide-ranging taste in food, but I, for some reason, like to talk about food a lot, mm. and I love dining out. And yeah, but but I'm a picky, I'm a picky eater, and I, on some level,
0: picky, but I appreciate not a snotty one. Like you went to Five Guys recently.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I can't be snotty and picky. You know what I mean?
0: Like, I tend to say I'm an eaty not a foodie. Okay. I I just love to friggin' eat.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I I, I always want to eat.
0: Yeah. But so after this, I'm going to hit the gym. Are you good about that? Mm, Sometimes. Sometimes. I feel like uh, when I, when I looked at the other Instagram pic I was going to mention is the your albums uh, up on the, uh, not on the wall, in your, in your shelf rack. Uh, Yeah. I, I saw them. Uh, and i i realized that we are exactly the same age which we are because those those albums are all like on my 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 and i was wondering did you pick those for the picture or are those what are up there now no they-
1: my my friend claire o'cane is comic and a writer um she's got like an eye she's good at organizing and she she kind of has that thing that i don't have which is like the desire to organize and so she i've been uh, I've hired her a few times to come organize and she got these cubicles in order and then yesterday we bought we went shopping went to bed bath and you know, we bought three baskets like just kind of like shoving these cubicles and then it was always kind of bothering me like there's four cubicles and there's three baskets and that the, the balance of that is it's uh it's bothering me a little bit but it wasn't bothering me that much and then she she came over yesterday and she was like why don't we um when I take an album cover and just cover each of these cubes, and it was a good idea. Yeah. And, uh, and I ended up—I guess she ended up picking two Elvis Costello, a squeeze, and a mm-hmm. album by the Jam. So I just kind of—I tw- kind of tweeted out that she really highlighted the wide my eclectic taste of music. <laughs> yeah. And then someone who doesn't quite get jokes uh, tweeted like. Oh no, those aren't eclectic. Those are all British '80s bands. Like, yeah, I'm. Thanks. That's kind of the joke, yeah. was making. Yeah,
0: that's the that's it. That's the joke. That's a great. Uh, that's a punchline. Um, you ever met a comic named Keith Lowell Jensen?
1: No, I haven't. I don't
0: think. He's a guy I just followed on Twitter, and then I I had him on the show. But he has a great joke that that's it's called. That's it. That's the joke. Um, that's worth looking up. I I won't maul it. By trying to recreate it. But the answer to the exercise thing is, is, you you know, because again, I know more about you than you know about me. I know that you sometimes try and that you've got a belly and I've got a belly and you're struggling, but I've always been really active, but I always eat a ton. And so the older I've gotten, the more the belly has grown.
1: Yeah. I don't know if there's anything to do about
0: it. Well, who was your guest recently? Did it Mateo? He gave you
1: lots of good advice. He works out, I think, six days a week. So
0: Good-looking guy.
1: Yeah, he's a good-looking guy. He's ripped. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, I don't think I can uh, achieve what he's achieved.
0: <laughs> right, but we could achieve something.
1: Yeah, I mean, I could split the difference.
0: How much does it bother you?
1: What's that, the gut? Yeah. Um, lately, I feel like it's gotten a little bigger because I've seen pictures of me where I'm like, ooh, like, you know, there's pictures I've wanted to take or post where, like, My cat's on my chest or something, Mm -hmm. but then there's this big gut underneath, and I was like, I can't. can't." If I post that, I'm going to get people writing shit that makes me upset.
0: Yeah, there's a downside of fame, right there. Trolls.
1: Yeah, I mean, but it's also, you know, you you got no one to blame if you choose to be on Twitter and choose to be on. True. Instagram. It's kind of you can complain about it, but it's also there are people who don't participate in. We're doing fine without social media, I kind of feel like i I have a lot of fun with it, and I guess the fun outweighs the the down the negative things, but I felt it does help promote shows and I think it it it's just another way you can be funny and get a get the word out that you're funny
0: and you also seem to be somewhat thick-skinned about it and you have you have fun like you you, you it's
1: material yeah I rarely even respond to anyone, and I rarely almost never, I mean, I have on a handful of occasions, like responded and quote tweeted. And if someone really makes me angry, but then I, even then I usually delete those. Cause I feel like even if I don't, even if a person said something shitty, like I don't want them, I don't want to throw them to the wolves of my followers necessarily. And also I want to rise above it. And, but sometimes if I think of a really good response, I will do it. But then I, I do feel like it's, even though they started a fight with me, I still like it's not fair. They have eight followers and I have 315,000. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I found – sorry, go ahead.
1: Yeah, but I mean, but I've also seen people do it. I did – I mean, I did it once because the guy didn't understand a joke. I did. And then he was very funny about it. Like, he started making fun of himself. And I was like, all right, well, this guy's yeah. a normal, having a healthy reaction to this.
0: Yeah. I will almost never – I learned – I've learned Twitter late i'm a long facebook user but twitter it's like just two years since i started this i've tried to use it as a promotional tool and now i really actually just use it for information too like for the fact that notre Dame is burning down right now
1: mm-hmm. that's crazy yeah and you end up you end up finding out about this stuff i quick quickly and yeah i mean friends dying and just... yeah that's happened a number of times
0: Did you know the guy who died on stage this week?
1: No, I don't know him. Um, I talked to some people who know him. Apparently, he was a really nice guy, which I guess there's almost something beautiful about it. But there is ultimately it's sad because he was kind of on the younger side. Yeah.
0: He was like R.H., right?
1: Yeah, I don't know that I – I mean, I shouldn't say it's beautiful, but there is something. No, poetic. Yeah, I guess poetic. Um,
0: Yeah, I – Uh, I was sitting at a, at a poker table recently and, um, someone talked about a time when they were sitting at a poker table and a woman, oh, but I thought of this because he, people thought he, it was, it was a bit.
1: Right. As as you would think.
0: Yeah. But at the table they thought, because sometimes there are really drunk people sitting at poker tables for hours and hours and hours and fall asleep. And they thought she'd fallen asleep and she didn't fall down or anything. She just killed over and died.
1: That was,
0: you were at this poker table? No, I was at a poker table. I, I guess I should tell this story. Dad, I don't play that often, once every couple months. Um, I, uh, so I was at a poker table where a guy arrived really drunk, stayed really drunk, and did fall asleep, and the dealer woke him up because it was his turn, and he threw up on the table. Oh, man. And that's what led to the telling the story of the woman who died at the table. I would heard stories about that happening before, the throwing up part, but that was my first live experience, and I'm happy not to repeat it. I uh, hate my gut, just to finish up there.
1: Hate it. Do you eat a lot of carbs? Or?
0: You know, it's funny. You talked to Mateo about carbs, and he said
1: carbs are good. Yeah, I mean, I guess you need some carbs.
0: Yeah, I've been trying to eat fewer of them, and one thing I did try to do, I tried to cut out, and I, I slipped in the past couple months. A lot of the time I eat at a at a prep school dining hall, like four or five nights a week. So so it's horrible because I can eat as much as I want and there are tons of carbs. Why are you at a prep
1: school dining hall?
0: Because I am uh, one of my many various part-time things I do is I'm an academic coach and a tutor. Okay. And so in the evenings and on Sundays, I work with these, these kids and I get to go and eat for free and it's really good food. Uh, it's, it's such a bad thing for someone like me. And so in the summers I get a little fitter and in the school year, not so much, but I totally forgot where I was going with that.
1: Uh, carbs, maybe carbs.
0: Oh, so I, I just tried it to limit no like white bread or white flour or, you know, try to make it all only whole grain. Right. Uh, And I definitely felt better immediately. Really? Like less bloated bloated the bloatedness of like like a cinnamon bun will set me back for the whole
1: day sometimes the price you uh pay for never having another cinnabon though right
0: yes exactly it it and it is a real price
1: yeah i mean i know people have gone off sugar and carbs and just like i don't know i don't know if i could do it i guess i could try to do it and then maybe i'll be like oh well it feels great i never felt better but I don't have the willpower right now. Yeah.
0: And I don't, I, I I try to do it like cut back because I'm never going to do it cold, cold turkey, Mm, cold turkey. But yeah, so I, I do, I do that tutoring and uh, I used uh, until a little while I was, so I tutor and I teach and I write and I, 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 I was one of the owners of a bar and restaurant in our little town until about a year ago for a decade which I am happily done with. I should never own a business. No? No. No one should ever own a business that I've ever met, but especially not me. It made me miserable. I yeah, I want...
1: think owning a restaurant sounds like a nightmare.
0: Yeah, right? I don't want to be anyone's boss. Right. Oh, yeah, you were talking to, uh, to what's his name? Uh, the Chopped guy about that.
1: Ted Allen, yeah. Yeah, because he doesn't want to own one either. I don't know that. Yeah, he's... I'm sh... That's got to take a lot of time doing, being a host of a TV show. So I don't know if you have time to, I guess you could, you could just open like Ted's place and have someone else deal everything or whatever. But. Yeah. And be like the executive chef.
0: You're going to Europe soon. right? Yeah. That's yeah. exciting. Who knows? Maybe I will put this up next week. What are, what are, what are dates? I can always edit that part uh, out.
1: My European dates are May. Uh, May. Oh gosh. I think May 3rd in Copenhagen, May 4th in Oslo, May 6th in Prague, and then May 10th and 11th in, um, either 9th or 10th or 10th and 11th in, um, I think it's 9th and 10th. I don't know. 9th or 10th or 10th and 11th in Berlin.
0: Ah. And I think I you, you, have you been to Germany before? I think I heard you say no.
1: I've never been. To, no, I've never been to Berlin. Never been to Prague. I've been to Copenhagen, but I've never done a show there. And Oslo, I've done a couple of shows there.
0: Do you have openers you know, or is it going to be people no, from? Those- I
1: just, no, I mean it's not. They're not big enough places where I can afford to fly someone from the states. And I and I kind of want the local I want to. I don't want to just sh- show up and not. I sort of want the locals to get some stage time on my show. Yeah. And for my interest also. I'm like, I'd rather I don't want to go to Berlin and have no German comics on the show.
0: I appreciate your talking.
1: I hope this is all right. Thanks, man. Cool. Thanks a lot, man. Bye.
0: You can find out anything you want to know about Todd Barry by Googling his name, which is spelled exactly the way you think Todd Barry would be spelled. You can find all episodes of this show at the numerals That's 15 5 rcom That's 15minutesjamieberger.com. Our engineer is Ed Patnode. Our theme song is by Christian Kandari. This is 15 Minutes. I'm Jamie Berger.